What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of The Grind Podcast, where I talk about hunting, entrepreneurship, fitness, and the daily grind and what it takes to earn success. And today, we got Mealy Freak Aaron back on the show. We got PP Tom, Pistol P. Uh, what else do we call that guy? Peasy. 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 Sleazy Peasy. <laughs> He's the man behind the lens, the man behind the computer. He's the one that is bringing you guys the magic on YouTube. So... Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, guys. Um, if you if you just listen to this podcast and you don't watch the hunts, um, you're missing out. So definitely get over there and check out the hunts. And today, we're going to talk about my first ever muzzleloader deer hunt. And what an what a adventure it was. It, epic backcountry experience. General season muzzleloader. Um, drew on my third choice, I guess we could say. It was definitely at the bottom of my list, but it was my only opportunity to um really hunt a deer this year and so um i took it and i was like well travis built us a a custom 45 cal muzzle loader uh two years ago was it two years ago yeah 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 and about it, two years ago you killed the buck with it the year last year yeah yep and uh aaron got to break it in he got the load um the load developed with travis Travis got that thing shooting for us, and Travis doesn't offer that as a service, by the way. So if you call him up and ask him to build you a custom muzzleloader, um, he's more than likely not going to do the load data for you unless he really likes you. Um, but chances <laughs> are he won't. <laughs> but anyway, he did for us, and, and thanks, Travis. We we appreciate that. Yeah, we went out to the farm before before your hunt, right? And got you comfortable behind it. Yeah. Shot it a few times. Yeah. I didn't uh, – hmm, what should I say? Aaron, Aaron put in the time with it the year before, so he kind of was the uh, the expert, and he was pretty comfortable with it. So by the time that um, it was my turn to use it, I was like, "Aaron, help!" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I even I had to refresh myself too on everything. There's a lot of moving parts on hunting with a muzzleloader. Yeah, and so it it took me a second to kind of put everything together too. But nice thing was is when you got it, I, me and my neighbor cleaned it really well for you and she was all ready to go and pristine condition ready to shoot yeah it doesn't it doesn't look like a muzzle loader no it, say. yeah this is the nicest muzzle loader you've ever yeah. seen and so. it's an expensive one too it's not something you go just get at walmart no in the gun department no um, this, this is fancy town and it's awesome yeah and, and it's awesome and, and you know and, and there's certain regulations for different states um across the west and what you can do and, and what you can't do and uh so uh, obviously travis built it behind all the utah regulations right too, so right built it behind the utah regulations i believe new mexico has similar regulations uh colorado and idaho are pretty primitive um montana just recently released a uh new uh not montana just released a new um muzzleloader hunt for the first time in a long time i believe and then I th I believe Nevada is pretty uh, liberal with their uh, tolerances when it yeah, comes. Yeah, I'm pretty to, sure they are too. Never muzzleloaded, huh? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's it's fun, yeah. man. It I was like I've I've never really liked I just the thought of a muzzler. I'm like, oh man, I just I just rather do a rifle. But geez, that is a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. The fact that you're loading a 45 caliber bullet down the front of your barrel and and trying to like. I don't know. Put your powder in, put your bullet in, and then stuff it with the with a rod. And and Aaron told me to try to be as consistent as you could with the pressure. And so I was like, 
in the field trying to make sure I was applying the right pressure three times to the bullet to make sure it was seated on top of the powder. Um, it's just cool. Yeah, when I was watching the hunt, it, it brought back a memory, um, you and I, back when I was like maybe 16 or something like that. I remember we went out. I bought this wolf muzzleloader um, at Cabela's. Oh, really? I had no idea how to use it. Open sight, and you took me out. I don't even remember this. And we spotted a buck right off the bat, and it took off. It took off running, and we climbed to the top, went over the backside, and you're like, "There's a spike." I'm like, "Oh yes, okay, I do remember." How, how far <laughs> is it? I'm like, "I don't." <laughs> we like didn't know how far it was. I just remember <laughs> I I put the muzzleloader up. They were looking at us, and I put the the open sights up to it and I was like it looks like an ant like there's <laughs> no way I, I I remember shooting and we're like wow well, you're like yeah you definitely missed but <laughs> I remember I, I do I do remember that I remember exactly what draw it was in too yeah I, and I remember thinking man gosh you suck <laughs> <laughs> open sight muzzle loader I don't even think we own a rangefinder. no oh heck no not back then no there's no, no I, I remember though when we were driving up we're like yeah we're, we ain't gonna see anything we literally opened the door and a nice buck went bounding off we're like well that sucks <laughs> and, <laughs> i don't I actually don't remember that memory yeah i remember that and then we went over and dipped over the top you know and i do remember that dipping over the top into that draw and <laughs> I just remember he, there. he looked like were twins. Ant. They were like <laughs> yeah. twin yearlings or something with <laughs> teeny tiny antlers. Yeah. <laughs> you, Muzzle loader is just cool. It's a cool time of year. Um, it is cool. And there's not a lot of people I feel like that do it. And then I feel like the people who do do it are like hardcore muzzleloader people. Um, and I, I, I think archery is definitely popular, more popular than muzzleloader. I think rifles ultimately the, the most popular. But it's just a cool time of year to get out in the woods. The leaves are changing, um, and it you know it's still somewhat. It's just starting to cool down. Like you're still summer for the most part. It's just starting to cool down. Leaves are changing, and the game are starting to change their behavior from their summer patterns. And so, but they're still pretty relaxed. And it, yeah. Well, I I don't know. I've been out. They're maybe, harder to find though. Yeah, they're harder to find for sure. I I've been out three or four times during the muzzleloader. Um, just my whole entire life. So not a ton, but it's just a beautiful time of year. It's just calm. Yep. Game's calm. There's not a million people out chasing animals all over the place. So I just echo what you said. It's just, it's just a really cool time of year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, definitely. So I take it out to the farm, shoot the muzzleloader, shoot it a couple more times. And, uh, I'm like, man, wow, this is pretty cool. And I'm like, well, well, Peyton, we're going hunting. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I had a pretty busy schedule this fall. So sneaking this tag in, it wasn't a priority tag for me. I was just like, you know what? This is a quote unquote junk unit, not real popular, not a ton of public. I'm like, I have zero expectations for this hunt. And uh, I kind of did a little bit of scouting earlier and found uh, what I thought was a, a more mature buck on this in this slot canyon and uh i want i wanted to keep tabs on him for when it came back in later with with my muzzle loader tag yeah and i couldn't ever get any glass on him or get any phone scope footage of him because he disappeared so quick he was two, with two other small bucks but i i kept a mental note there and i wanted to um 
go back in with my muzzle loader. So that I did. I went in there. I had about two and a half days slotted off on the calendar. Peyton and I were going to bonsai it on the weekend because um, that's all the time I had. I, I and Just for the record, I know this is what we do full-time at Muley Freak, these hunts and these videos and, and create this content, but it's also not what we do. We have two full-time jobs. So this is a full-time job for us, but um, we have to hunt for the most part on the weekends because we have other full-time jobs, I guess. We do a lot of marketing. Yeah. Um, we also try to run our gear store, um, and we're trying to create this cool content for you guys, which takes a lot of work. And uh, we have small budgets for this kind of stuff, um, and we're just trying to get better and better, and I feel like we're all getting better. But I think we can relate better to more people, right? I think this is what most oh, yeah. people do. We don't have giant production budgets with all these expensive cameras. I mean, a lot of this, these cameras that we've bought to film these hunts, um, well, the company's either paid for or we've taken it from some of our partner dollars that we um, been fortunate enough to accumulate and then we reinvest it back into this and to make even better content. So, um, Aaron recently, we can talk about the lens that we shot that buck with. Um, t talk about that, Aaron, like some of this wildlife footage that we're getting this year, I feel like is some of the best we've ever gotten. And Aaron, uh, took the liberty to buy a lens and, uh, that's kind of his little baby. Talk about that lens. Yeah. Last, last year. I mean, so I know two people that have the lens and so for six months, uh, especially come November, December, I'm seeing all this gorgeous footage my two buddies are collecting and I'm seeing photos they're taking. I'm like, oh my gosh. So it's, it's eating at me. And so I start saving, saving, saving. And I, <clears throat> I knew I had a, a hunt come into January, start of February. I knew I wanted to get out on the winter range, take photos and videos of bucks. And I'm like, all right, I got to buy this lens. I did a ton of research on it and it's been awesome. What is it? It's a 200 to 600 Sony. Yep. And, uh, yeah, it's, I love that thing. It's heavy. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. big. It's Peyton heavy. didn't like packing it. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like you're taking a spotter, but it's probably, it probably weighs more than most spotters. A hundred percent. And yeah. so then you have to have a tripod for it because you're on the camera. It's going to be moving around a lot and you want the shots to be steady. So, but it's, it is money for footage. So we, we tried to shoot everything in 4K with it, just so you get that extra crop in too, which it helps a lot. So Yeah, and it's not like it, you have a deer at 1,000 yards and it's going to seem like you're five yards away. It's not like that. No, no. So the spotter's still going to be better at eight, 9,000. Yeah. yeah. Phone yeah. scope, would, you'd probably want to use that for your really far stuff just because you're going to be pushing it with but that But this line. 4 to yeah. 700 range, it's a, it's a sweet really camera. Really good. Yeah. yeah. And l like Pace said, it's, it's heavy, but it's worth it. Um, yeah, the extra footage for these kill shots, like in this, we we called this uh, film Five Mile, because um, we're in five miles deep, roughly. Maybe we're lying to you just to throw you off where we're <laughs> actually at, but we call it Five Mile. It was, it's a, it's a, it's a haul. It's a haul, and it's a gnarly pack in. Um, you got a backpack, which that's some of my favorite type of hunting. You're limited to what you can take. Your gear is, uh, you, you got to know your gear. You got to be able to have water filters, boil food, um, and so packing in was brutal. And we we try to be as light as possible, but carrying this camera equipment in, you can't be that light. Yeah, on a lot of these hunts, I stopped carrying my binos because I didn't want the extra weight. Because I was like, I'm already carrying this freaking huge camera and then you also have your other camera that's this long lens camera yeah we have another camera for all the close-up stuff and then yeah. you have a gopro the gopro doesn't weigh that much until you 
add it with everything else. And yeah. it's like, why am I carrying all this crap? Yeah. <laughs> you know, the part though that sucks about not carrying your binos is when I'm like, he's right there and you're trying to find him <laughs> yeah, to put him in the long lens. And there's a lot of times. And then I'm like, here, here's my binos. Yeah. And it's like, well, I was like, I think I see something, Eric. And then I'm like, let me see your binos. And it's like, <laughs> oh, there's something else. And then you're sitting there bored. Like I should have just brought them. Yeah. So yeah. Na- you now think that every time. Yeah. Right? After, after not bringing them a couple of times, I'm like, I'm just going to, I'm already up there anyway i need to bring them so i'm not as bored (laughs) but it also does make you want to film a little bit more too because then you're not worried about glassing so there's pros and cons i guess but it gets to a point where you can't film the same bush or eric glassing for five hours straight yeah (laughs) and make it entertaining so exactly well i identified this place on base map and i remember uh coming in i was like hey Peyton, come come over and look at my computer i pull so i pull (laughs) up the web app on base map and I'm like, kind of like, I'm articulating this route on the web app on base map. And I'm like, okay, Peyton, here's how I think we can get in here. <laughs> and I'm like showing you guys, and you, and then I'm like, hey, I was really excited about this. And then I'm showing Aaron, like, here's how I think I can get in there. And you guys are just looking at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> it didn't, it didn't look too fun from base map, especially when you start looking at the topo layers, and you're like, that's freaking steep. Yeah. <laughs> Why are we going in there? Yeah. And I didn't even know if it was doable. Yeah. And yeah. I, and you see the trail just disappears. And I'm like, oh, man, I don't even know if you can bushwhack this stuff. But <laughs> we went in there and and we, we did it and we, we found a little spot. But, uh, yeah, that that was a lot of fun. So back to the muzzleloader. Um, Aaron, what? let's talk more about that. Have you weighed that thing? It, that, that thing is not light. No, it's not light. That thing's heavy. Yeah, heavy. But it is solid foundationally. Yeah. Um, like getting a can and getting steady with that thing. I had the uh, Atlas bipod on there, and it was rock solid. And, you know, for, for a muzzleloader, inherently it's going to be less accurate. Okay? So you need a heavy gun setup to be able to shoot those type of distances. And not, not to have a spoiler alert of this film, 5 Mile, that just released on YouTube today, by the way. Um I shoot that buck at 500 yards. Which is crazy in itself. Crazy. For a muzzleloader. Crazy for a muzzleloader. I remember when we were looking at the cannon and we started classing across, and you're ranging in, you're like three, 400, and I was like, we're going to have to get over there, right? For a muzzle. I was like, I've heard stories from my dad saying, oh, you 100-yard, you know, open sights or whatever crappy scopes they used to have in the day. And it's like, we're going to have to get closer. And you're like, no, we'll be okay. And in the video – you show us getting set up behind it. It's like, okay, you probably actually don't need to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I first spotted this buck. So we get in there, right? We we sweat. We sweat to death. Well, maybe we should talk about that too. Because we were doing 75 hard still. We've talked about that a lot. Yeah, yeah. Peyton and I were still doing 75 hard. So we had a very strict water diet, gallon of water a day. Yeah. Uh, still trying to eat healthy, uh, get so many calories a day. And uh, you're – you don't need to worry about a workout when you're going in there. You're working out for f- three, four hours straight. Yep. And then we had to stop at our last place we knew there was water, and we both carried in, what, 10 liters probably? Probably. Up the last climb, which Up is the last steepest. climb, yeah. After you've already been smoked for three hours. Yeah, so it's you're carrying just that water, and it's it's like a 30-minute – it would be like a 20-minute hike in if you didn't have all our weight. Right. And But then with all of that – we're dead just getting in there from that. And it yeah. just kind of showed how steep the country was yeah. in this and, random spot too. And and then you and then you got to go and try to find an animal after yeah. all that, mm-hmm. which I don't know. I, I got up there and we were there about a day, day and a half. We'd seen a couple does. 
Yeah. And I'm thinking, what a waste of time. Yeah, you can tell in the film you're like there was like a a pretty good lull on that in that first day. I guess your for, first full day of hunting where you're like yeah. you could tell you weren't much of a believer yeah, on where no, you were at. I wasn't. I'm like, yeah, that buck's long gone. Yeah. yeah. If that was even him that I ended up killing, but I'm like, yeah, that buck's long gone. It's hot. I'm like, it's a week it's conference weekend and I'm like, man, I should be home at, at trying to be a good boy and, and, and watch general conference and learn more about Jesus. But uh I was up there hunting and then it was slow, then I started feeling guilty. And I told Peyton, I'm like, Peyton, if we don't see anything first light next morning, I'm like, We're out of here. I'm like, whatever. I drew it third choice. Uh it's a muzzle loader hunt. We tried. You know? Yeah, we we tried. <laughs> but before that, let's rewind a little bit. Um Freaking bear got into our, my freeze-dried meals and ate me out of house and home. <laughs> yeah. So I'm thinking, oh, no, I'm doing 75 hard. I'm already limiting my calories. I'm like, now I'm going to have nothing to eat up here. <laughs> I just had my snacks. I'm like, if you if you, if you guys don't know this about me by now, I like to eat. <laughs> he does like to eat. I like snacks and I like to That's eat. That's the truth. That's why before we left, I was like, I'm taking my mountain houses just in case. Oh, yeah, it's a good pa- thing you did. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So Peyton and I... Luckily, I, I don't know how, I don't know how happy he was about sharing. <laughs> I think he knew he had to. I wasn't gonna let you starve. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we was also thinking, look, we don't want to pack it all out. And that mountain house, what, it was like lasagna or something. It wasn't. It, it wasn't, wasn't the very best good, dude. anyway. It, so I was like, he you're can, willing to share that? Yeah, I'm willing <laughs> to share that. Very good. It's probably better I don't eat it all for all the sodium yeah. anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, I think. Was it you that had the tortillas or was it me? I brought the tortillas too. Yeah, so I'm like, I'm going to put this lasagna in some tortillas just so I can get these extra calories. And that tortilla was 10 times better than the lasagna. Yeah, we should (laughs) have ate those. It was not good together. (laughs) No, it was a weird combo. You want to, no, you would never do that. That's the thing. And so doing it on the mountain, usually things taste a little better when you're not hungry. But not that. (laughs) No. (laughs) So I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is. This is kind of a disaster. I'm just, but we didn't have any weather, and we we just put up that lightning equipment tarp. I had a little climate pad, my lightning equipment. I think I had my 20 degree quilt, so I was going in light. Yeah, not it looked super like you guys were in pretty light. But we kind of camped on a spot that was kind of steep, so I would I would wake up, oh, the probably first a dozen we, times yeah. a night, and I didn't even know where I was, <laughs> and I'm off my pad at yeah. Peyton's feet, yeah. and all I can hear is. <laughs> <laughs> well, that first night in, we just got up there and it was dark because we wanted to try to hunt. So we threw that up in the dark, not even knowing how it's so like, let's try it this way. Let's try it this way. And eventually it was up enough that we had some cover for rain. And we're like, it's not very good, but <laughs> we yeah. have to sleep. We, we did move the next day up farther. We found a better spot. But yeah, that's that first spot, spot was you show in the video, you're like, oh, painting sideways. And I want, you couldn't. Your feet are either hanging out, but you're also sliding down yeah. the mountain because we didn't sleep in a good spot no. that first night. And I'm just like, Peyton, how would you sleep? Oh, man, not very good. I'm like, really? <laughs> really, huh? Because every time I woke up, you were fast asleep. <laughs> you sure sounded like you're sleeping good, but okay. It's kind of a security device. The snoring will keep other things away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, exactly. Keep the bears away? Keep the bears away. They'll yeah. th- hear a meaner one. <laughs> so bear, the bear absolutely made uh, – uh, a mess of those free dries mills. So I was just, I was trying to be a good steward of the land and I was just like going and trying <laughs> to find all the garbage that I could. And it was kind of gross because his saliva had like made the freeze dried mills clumpy. And so it was like crusty, nasty, rotten pieces of freeze dried <laughs> food because of the saliva and the stuff he didn't eat. 
Yeah. So I was just going and picking up scraps and trying to be a good little boy and try to keep Mother Nature happy and, and throw that away. Maybe that's why I ended up killing a buck. <laughs> it was some Trying to pick up the bear's garbage. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, we wake up that next morning, and I spot a buck right off the bat. I'd seen where these bucks – or I, I'd kind of surveyed the area, and I identified what I thought were bedding areas on base map. Then when I got in there, I confirmed. I'm like, there has to be deer bedding in these pines. And yeah. I told Peyton the night before, I'm like, there's got to be bucks coming out of those pines right there and feeding on that ridge at, either in the mornings or the evenings. Do you remember me saying that? Yeah, I remember saying that. And we'd seen a moose come out of there. Yep. And so you're like, they're like, there has to be things traveling on that right. ridge line too. Yeah. And so that was the first place you looked in the morning. And we were up, what, like 800 yards? Yeah, we were up quite a ways. If we just would have stayed put, it would have been a lot better Yeah. from camp. <laughs> yeah. But I hiked up the draw because I wanted to see both sides. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's two there's two different canyons I wanted to be in the middle and we had seen deer on the other side too those does and little bucks so yeah. something could have popped out over there too. yeah and that stuff looked good over there but yeah um, anyway so I spot this deer right off the bat and I look and it was so dark I couldn't really tell well I left my spotter because I didn't want to pack in the spotter that's how gnarly this area is I'm like I'm not packing in my spotter yeah I'm like well Peyton's got the long lens so I'll just if we see something I'll just look through the long lens to see if it's any good so I'm like Oh, Peyton, that's a buck. And so you get the long lens on him. And that's why that footage is super grainy. It was really dark and it was quite a ways away. I think we we're seven, eight hundred yards from where we initially started. And spotted. on that first clip, too, you don't ever do this. With a, I did a digital zoom just so we could see what the deer was. And that it's also it made it more grainy from doing that from the camera. But we just wanted to see what he was. Because at first we weren't sure. And then in the video, you hear me, oh, he's a four point. And on this unit, you're like, it's a four point. How do we kill him? (laughs) (laughs) And for that unit, that's that's a decent, that's a good buck, (laughs) right? Yeah, Yeah, that's and that's what I was thinking. I didn't have any standards or expectations, but I heard four point and I saw how tall he was. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna kill him. I'm like, it's the only, it's the only buck we've seen. I haven't seen a lot of deer in here. Leftover tag, first ever muzzleloader. I'm like, let's go try to kill him. And you had said to me, if we don't see anything by like ten o'clock. We're out of here. Yeah. Because we wanted to get back that night. Yeah. Yep, exactly. So I'm like, well, I got to cut distance. 700 yards is way too far. And I'd I'd rather get parallel with the buck than shoot him, try to shoot 700 yards too far with the muzzleloader. Even this muzzleloader. So I get get down there. I think I got to like 508. And it was really, really neat because I was like two steep draws. And I'm on this cliff and I just prone out and got my Travis – sent me a TS Customs. I don't even know what it is. It's a it's a rear bag, but it's amazing. I'll use it to sit down in the rocks when I'm glassing because it's so comfortable. It's so, super lightweight. Yeah, I love that super thing. lightweight. Do you have one? Yeah. Yeah. That's and nice. then I'll use it for my for my rear support at the same time. So I'm proned out over this cliff like it's a steep 20-foot drop. It's a lot steeper than what you can tell in the footage for Much how steeper. we're set up and stuff. And that was it was kind of nice how the rocks were there, though, because it actually let you kind of prone out. Because you wouldn't have been able to if there wasn't those rock cropping there. Right. It would have been too steep. Right. Right, definitely. And, uh, yeah, so it's, I'm just ranging. The buck's getting kind of nervous. I'm, I'm surprised because it was so dry up there. I'm surprised he allowed us to close that 200-yard distance. And it wasn't... We brushy, weren't very brushy. quiet. No, we were that. not quiet. But you, we're brushy. You couldn't be quiet, really. It's just going straight through brush. Yeah. So. Impossible to be quiet. Yeah. So we get there. I prone out over the cliff, range him, make sure. Pay- you had a, I remember you had a problem finding him. 
when we got well, down there. He looked there, like he was going to go up over the yeah. top of the ridge, too, so I started to panic. And Peyton couldn't find him, and I'm like, dude, you got to find him. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, here's my binos. And then you take my binos, find him, and then you're having a hard time finding him with the long lens, I remember. It, it was, he was blending in in the foot. He's behind that Yeah, he's covered bush. by the brush a lot in and the so video. And I on that camera, it's not like you're looking through binos. It's a tiny lens, you know, yeah. and you're like, where am I looking? And you, have to, you can't, like, look through the viewfinder because of how steep it was. So I'm just trying to... Finally, I, I get it on him. Just that would made it more stressful because you're like, we got to get on him, and I'm like, oh. And then it, <laughs> everything seems like it's taken way longer than it should because well, you want to get the shot. I, I think the panic was that we he was going to go up over the top. Well, of the he's, ridge and we wouldn't. Yeah, he's, he's on the like ridge right line. there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, why wouldn't he? Yeah, why wouldn't he? I'm, I'm sure that's his safe haven is on the back side of that in those pine trees. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, so then I was like, well, Peyton, you got to get a second angle of this kill shot. So then I was waiting for you to get the second angle. Did you oh, yeah. have that on the tripod or do you freehand that? It's pretty stable footage. Uh, the main camera's on the monopod and then the long lens is on. Oh, so the you tripod. did have a monopod. Yeah. So that helped. Yeah. Yeah, so that, I guess that's the other. We're running a, a tripod and a monopod. So we've been trying to focus on more stable footage. And I think that this series, Senate 2.0, has been more stable footage. Because we yeah, made a way concentrated effort to invest in some equipment and make it a little bit better yeah. viewer experience. Yep. So, so just trying to get those other angles, which can be hard in the moment, but we were all we we're in a cool spot too, and we wanted to make sure we got you shooting that muzzleloader yeah. and everything. Yeah. It's a good thing that Buck was hungry. He just kept feeding. I know and he just kept. And yeah, he just kept. He disappear and then he'd reappear feeding again. Yeah. <laughs> and it was. It's It's kind of like. It's a little bit of mahogany tree with a little bit of buck brush. Yeah, a lot of times you don't get openings yeah, in, it's in that stuff. Thick and that was like the most open area, too, he could have been, was on that side of the hill. There yeah. there wasn't too many clearings on that side. Yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. So, range him. I dial up the Mark V. I'm, I'm shooting a 3 to 18 by 44 on that on that muzzleloader. And I think it's a perfect muzzleloader scope, given the regulations. And I could see him crystal clear, 500 yards. So I dial way up because that's a slow, heavy bullet. I don't, I don't remember what the dial was on it. I think it was, gosh, I want to say seven to nine mils. I can't remember. Dial way up, make, pay, confirm Peyton's on the animal, confirm he's on me, and just squeeze the trigger and just met with this cloud of smoke. <laughs> <laughs> For like I'm, five seconds, too. Yeah. <laughs> for five seconds, I'm like, okay, is this going to go? And I'm, I'm like waiting, looking, like to try to ask Peyton if I hit him. And Peyton, Peyton's like, I think I think you hit him. I'm like, no way. Yeah. There's no way. Right when him. you right when it impacts, you can it, you can't. It's hard over the shot. I'm like, you hit him because he kicks his legs six feet in the air. But then after that, I was like, well, you, if you didn't hit him, it hit right below him. Yeah. So then I'm like thinking, oh, I missed. I probably hit. Close. I'm like, well, that's pretty cool that I'm close. I was waiting with a rifle. You hear the smack of that ELDX yeah. bullet, you know, and I didn't hear that. And I'm not an experienced muzzleloader guy. I'm a a novice when it comes to a muzzleloader. And so I'm waiting for that sound of impact and I don't hear it. I'm like, oh, Peyton's like, I think you hit him. I'm like, no, <laughs> no. Then he's like, well, let's look at this footage. So I'm, of course I glass first, right, to see if I can see anything. And I don't glass and I'm like, I didn't expect to see anything just because of the way the train's set up over there. He could have went up over the top or went down below and I could have easily not seen him. Yeah. And so I look through the footage and I watch, I'm watching, 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 watching. And I just see that bullet split that brush figuratively and just settle 
right there behind his shoulder. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> yeah, that was an epic. That's probably the epic most. Epic kill footage. It was a perfect was, shot. On yeah. Gorgeous lighting and footage, just everything about it. It's Great shot, placement. Yeah. It's funny. You feel, you, you feel kind of silly that you don't know what happened. Like, you're like, I have no idea. So in the, in the film, you look back at Peyton and you're like, you got this confused look on your face. <laughs> yeah. you know? But last year when I, when I killed my buck, I shot off a pack. I was by myself. I shot and I'm like, I have no idea. Like no idea. I didn't hear anything. And so you feel kind of silly, you know, cause again, that smoke fills up and then it doesn't make a sound for whatever reason when it hits them. But yeah. I don't know if uh, it's, it's just because it's so slow or... But, you, yeah, you feel kind of silly, but it, it, that's part of muzzleloader hunting. It's just, that's kind of part of, just part of the deal. It's, but it's cool. It's fun. It's different. And yeah, it was just a neat experience carrying around a big old heavy muzzleloader and having to load a... There was something, I know it's not that, I know it's not a primitive muzzleloader at all in any sense of, in any sense of the term primitive, but just, there was something kind of special about loading powder in a bullet through the top and grabbing a ramrod and ramming it through. It was just kind of neat, you know? And then trying to beat an animal at his craft with a more primitive primitive weapon than a rifle. (laughs) Um, Gosh, it was cool. Super, super cool. And I'm like, man, I went from what I thought was going to be a junk hunt to one of my more special moments hunting ever. Backpacked in, filtering water, uh, cooking your own food, with a muzzleloader in the backcountry on public land, a, pl- a spot that I found via base map through e-scouting, right? And um, that was just, it was just like, it was just so neat, right? Yeah. And then Peyton and I, we didn't show this in the footage, but we literally had a bull moose after I, I think it was after I'd killed that buck. It was right after. The, I, I kind of show them when, in the montage of it, yeah. but it was like right after you you shoot your the, the whatever the or whatever yeah. noise they make the grunt <laughs> and we're like and a moose was literally in our lap yeah, underneath the seventy yards cliff. below or probably closer. No, I would say yeah. like 10, 15, well, 20 yards at one point. In that footage, in one of the morning opening shots, you can't hear it because of kind of the wind and background noise. But the reason I started recording was because I could hear that moose coming out of the draw I could hear the and if you turn the volume of really loud on the video you can hear him so he was just over in that area the whole time and then after you shoot that's when he decided to come out and see what was up probably scared the freaking living crap out of him <laughs> yeah he probably he's did. probably like what the heck <laughs> he's looking for a girlfriend so they, yeah we saw a couple moose in there yeah. too yeah that was pretty neat pretty neat not a lot of a lot, a lot of moose in this in this area and to see no. a moose that was that was pretty cool yeah yeah so we get over there and uh, I'm kind of I my I, my thinking was get up to where I shot him, and go from there. But as we're going there, Peyton looked down and cut some a track of blood. Mm-hmm. And so we looked, looked, and we kind of just followed that down. He probably didn't run eighty to hundred yards. Dead, yeah. dead in a doornail. From where you hit him, it was just straight down. Straight and down. <laughs> and we found him piled up, and that shot was perfect. Mid ribs, just behind the shoulder. Like perfect bullet hole, like one of the one of the most well executed shots and shot placements I've ever made, and it was 500 yards with my first ever muzzle letter. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. It was a pretty neat experience. It it did some damage to him inside too. Once you started cutting him open, 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know if I've ever seen an animal that bruised. <laughs> yeah, he was, Like the size of a basketball bruising. Yeah. It it hit him hard. And then we're sitting there thinking, how did you, how can you not hear the impact of that? But it just went straight through. Yeah. Freaking. It just must not transfer the energy like a, like yeah. a DLDX or Yeah, something. I don't think it does. I don't think it ex- probably doesn't expand. It probably doesn't mushroom. Yeah. That, that's probably what it is. Yeah, and they're freaking, they're fat too, you know. Yeah. They just, blah, they just hit and just. Oh, to do all that damage because you can see in the video and it's 500 yards when it hits them you can see the impact though too it's probably yeah. just what it's not the bullet performing like a regular rifle bullet does right. but you can see the impact against him yeah super neat experience and this is one of the moments where you're happy to film because you can go and uh it's like a journal entry for me a film and and not only is it a journal entry but it's a piece of art okay I would rather kill a buck like that on public than go and whack a 180 buck up there and not have it be filmed, which is crazy because I don't know. I just take so much pride in these films and the footage and these moments being works of art um, versus the size of the animal. And uh, obviously I'm trophy hunter through and through. But um, for me, it's there's something magical about filming the the entire experience and guess what if we didn't have partners if we didn't have this and that and the other i'd probably still film it because it's so much fun and so neat i don't know i don't know how you feel about it Aaron. yeah no same way and sometimes i look at some of my animals where i didn't get some of some of it on uh, film or whatever and it's a little bit feels a little tainted it's like man i wish i man i wish i would have filmed that you know yeah like that one because you can relive the experience yeah of it when you if you watch it back yeah. yeah and it's a challenge you know it's a challenge too to do it and so it's like man i accomplished something when you film a hunt and and you get you know you have that memory so yeah absolutely so we not we not the tag get him all cut up um set up a time last there peyton helped me cut him up i don't it didn't take us very long to cut him up but i'm like i caped out his his face took his ears off cut him right behind the uh where the where the spine meets the back of the skull i'm like i'm not carrying any extra weight out of here if i have to pack half a deer with the head i'm like this is this is <laughs> this is not going to be fun no just because of having camp and everything yeah and having camp it's not like a deer is that bad to haul out but where we were that's what makes it bad that's what makes it bad yeah, yeah. luckily i had peyton he's more than willing to help take some extra meat and we packed him out of there but that 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 was one of the more miserable pack outs i've had it wasn't like it was this giant buck or giant bull. It was just, it was just heavy and long, and the terrain is just gnarly. It, it got hot once in the once the sun came up. It got warm too. Yeah. So th- you had the sun just flaring down on you, and that just made that worse for that. Yeah. And you don't want to stop if you're running out of. You don't want to stop either and take off your pack, but you want to break too because it's so heavy. Yeah. You're like I don't I don't want to stop either. <laughs> yeah. These these are heavy packs. I don't know, 100, 110 plus pounds, and and you're when you're in that deep. Let, let's just put it this way: I was still doing 75 hard, right? When I got home, and I the fact that I had to wake up the next morning and go work out was just like it was insane that I was going to go work out after that. It, it wasn't fun. No, <laughs> no, wasn't wasn't Not at all. <laughs> wasn't fun at all. In fact, I was on these couple backcountry hunts that I did this year. Um, I was absolutely smoked for two or three days, like worthless. Mentally and physically for two, three days. Yeah, that's how I felt too. Yeah. yeah. Just worthless. Worthless yeah. Oh, at yeah. home. 
he just, just feels like, kind of sick and yeah you like, just feel like you took your body too far which is kind of a cool but like i don't i can't remember ever working out and, or um playing a basketball game or doing basketball practice where you're worthless for two days out yeah <laughs> Never. Well, it's, it's not no. like you're at the gym working out super hard and then, okay, I'm done, and you can just go sit down or go home. It's like when you're hiking out, you can't just stop and give up. You're like, oh, I still have three more miles left, right. and this sucks really bad. It, that's where the mental side of it comes in, of hunting, and you're like, if I stop, it's not going to – I'm never going to make it out of here, Yeah. or it's going to take longer. Just keep pushing through until I get done. Yeah. yeah, to Peyton's point, I mean, there's there was multiple times this year we'll, we'll go into – more of those but if you stop you're not going to keep going again no so you just gotta just keep one foot in front of the other just keep going can't stop or you'll never start again because if you if you sat down to relax or or start a fire or anything like that you you're i think you'd stiffen up at the point you couldn't get going again oh yeah yeah pack out was brutal brutal on that hunt but how that was so rewarding for me first ever muzzleloader buck in the backcountry packed in on public land diy found the buck made the shot got it all on film cut him out packed him out and home home that night i mean two and a half days we planned for a total of three yeah just a quick weekend blitz and we're calling this film five mile so well i think one of the favorite parts when you you talk about all of our favorite part is when you get back home yeah definitely (laughs) seeing your girls yeah. Freaking oh, Jersey is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I have three little girls. I have an eight-year-old, a uh, four-year-old, and a two-year-old. And a, the youngest, two-year-old is my favorite age. Everyone gives me a hard time on Instagram and my family that I have a favorite child <laughs> in Jersey. And she is my favorite right now because of the fact that she's hilarious and she's two years old. All my kids at two years old was my, were my very favorite. It didn't matter. It didn't matter. It couldn't. It wouldn't have mattered if I'd had anything. If you're two years old, you're my favorite. <laughs> and she was just so excited. She greeted me outside of the truck, and she was so, so eager to grab those that bloody skull with those antlers and, <laughs> and hold it and just grin there. That's funny. She looks at her sisters, and she said, "Daddy's home," <laughs> as if they don't see you pulling up. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty She's funny. Just, yeah, like she just discovered. Down. Yeah, like she just discovered something great. Yeah. Did you guys know Dad's home? <laughs> The funny thing uh, about that too is, Jaylee keeps asking you, "Where did you shoot him?" And you tell, and you're like, "No, where?" She's, trying to, she's like, "Jaylee, he can't give away Eric's secret location." <laughs> she keeps asking. That. I was laughing at that when I was watching the footage. I'm like, no, where did you shoot him, Dad? Yeah. She wants you to drop the pin for yeah, her. She, she wants. She wants to know the spot so she can tell her friends at school. Yeah. So her her her, her friends' dads can know where I'm at. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Yeah, guys, I, I don't know. We just kind of want to give behind the scenes here and, and show how hard in the paint we went on this hunt. Like it was one of it was one of my tougher hunts, one of the tougher hunts I've done. It wasn't it wasn't that long, but it was brutal. And you had to go hard and fast. The pack was heavy. Um, just a DIY public land hunt. Um, and I don't know. There's just something special about that, you know. Yeah, awesome film too. I mean, footage is beautiful. Uh, you know what time of year it is plays into that it's just gorgeous time of year like you said oh, yeah. the you know leaves are changing it's just gorgeous like yeah. it's just awesome and you captured everything you know hunts don't always go so smooth and it's just like you went in like you said found them killed them packed them out and it was just smooth from start to finish awesome video just a great story one of one of my favorite uh hunts we've we've put up so yeah definitely well, 
we have a $500 TS Custom gift card up for grabs on the YouTube Yeah, on this video. video. So if you watch the video, it's 14 minutes. Watch it all the way through. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, like the video, and leave a genuine comment on what your favorite part was, and that'll enter you to win the uh, $500 TS Customs gift card. You can apply that gift card to either a muzzleloader or rifle build of your choice. So it's a great opportunity to save you a little bit of dough and then help us grow the channel. Help us spread the word. Grab that link on YouTube and share it on your uh, personal Facebook. We'd sure appreciate that Um, because we're just a bunch of dudes grinding, um, putting in the work to show you what you can do if, uh, if you so choose. So... Um, as always subscribe to the podcast, leave us, leave us a review, give us a share. If you like what you're hearing and you like the content, um, do us a favor and share it. And then also basemap, basemap.com forward slash Mealy Freak, save 20% off on basemap. You can transfer all your waypoints over from Onyx or whoever your current provider is. Save money and get access to all 50 states. So maybe this is your opportunity to branch out and start hunting other states. Okay. And then also goat knives, code Mealy Freak, save 10% off. Travis has built a phenomenal backcountry hunting knife. I think it would, would definitely benefit you to have either the Capra Hunter TI, which is a multi-tool and replaceable blade in one. Um, that's a 60XT blade. And then also the fixed blade on the Carbon Nitro, Carbon Tur, or Carbon Skeleton Tur are all great fixed blades. I carry the Capra Hunter and a, a Tur on every single hunt. So that way I have the durability of a fixed blade and the sharpness and and uh, uh, a multi-tool in one in the Capra 100 Ti. So Muley Freak will save you 10% off. So do us a favor, support us in all aspects there, and we'll keep trying to create great t- content for you guys. We'll catch you on the next one.